Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, I'm Christian Brindle, and welcome to the Everything Medicare Podcast. What's up, everything, Medicare, Podcast Nation? This is Christian Brindle, wherever you are and however you might be listening to me today. Thank you so much for taking the time. This is episode 201. And here we are, folks. Um, Next goal is going to be to reach episode 300. Every single week, if you're not familiar with who I am, my name is Christian Brindle. I run a little tiny insurance agency called Christian Brindle Insurance Services. We work with people in 10 states on their Medicare health plan, and we work with a myriad of different insurance companies. Um, I've published three books on the topic of insurance, two specifically about Medicare. And every single week, I bring you three podcast episodes where we discuss your Medicare, your Medicaid, your Social Security, and everything that has to do with that golden age called retirement. And folks, on a Monday... There was some news that came out last week that I absolutely um, could not avoid talking about. And I feel like every couple of weeks now, especially with things that have been going on, you know, since the pandemic with the coronavirus and everything that's particularly been going on that's impacted and crossed over our line of topic, which is Medicare. Let's not get it twisted. It is the topic of Medicare that we come here to discuss, but sometimes just due to the fact that Medicare is government insurance, from time to time we have to sometimes have a little bit of a politics discussion because sometimes politics overlaps with Medicare. I don't like talking about politics. Um, It's not what I'm here to do. It's not what I get out of bed in the morning to do. But sometimes I don't have much of a choice. Um, And with the news that came out, um, in the last week or two, there was a story that's been picking up a lot of traction and also, you know, it's not so much a story. It's more so something that actually is in the, in the, in the press, in the, in the presence of, of, of actually happening. Um, so our, our president, Donald Trump, um, put out a plan in the last couple of weeks, um, for people on Medicare to have their insulin prices capped at a $35 copay for a 30-day supply. Now, if you have not been on Medicare as of yet, or it may be if you're not aware, maybe you're on Medicare and you just don't take insulin specifically. Insulin is probably one of the most difficult prescriptions to deal with when someone's on Medicare, assuming they don't have help from their state in the form of Medicaid or extra help or low-income subsidy. 
or if they don't have access to some sort of patient assistance program. Insulins, folks, are incredibly expensive. Whether it be the Humalogs of the world, the Novalogs of the world, Novalins, Trageo, all of these insulins are unbelievably expensive. In fact, depending on the insulin particularly that you're getting, let's say if you had no insurance, you could potentially be looking at $500 a month to $1,000 a month, if not more, for a 30-day supply if you had no insurance. Now, most people might be listening to this and think, well, you know, Medicare Part D, right? People on Medicare, Medicare Part D, Medicare prescription drug plans. It does help. It does bring the price down pretty dramatically. But Medicare Part D has different levels of drug coverage, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Different levels of drug coverage. What I mean by that is there's different stages of drug coverage that someone has to go through or someone could potentially end up going through when they are on Medicare. Now, what this means is primarily if you have high expensive prescriptions, it can cause you to quickly jump into one stage um, to another stage very quickly and cause your costs to go up. Let me explain what I mean by this. We've done entire episodes about this, but in a nutshell, in the Medicare world, there are four different stages if you want to be technical about it. The first stage is the deductible stage. A lot of Part D prescription drug plans, not all, but a lot of Part D prescription drug plans and and some Medicare Advantage plans that have drug coverage built in, they all pretty much follow the same rules and regulations. They have a tier system. They categorize medications for in a tier system, tiers one through five, tiers meaning categories. And tier one being the lowest, five being the highest, the higher the tier, the higher your copay. Pretty simple, right? Different insurance companies can look at different medications and place them in different tiers. So for example, an insulin, one insurance company could say it's a tier three, another insurance company could say it's a tier four, which normally a tier three, you're probably looking at in the ballpark of $45 copay for a 30-day supply. Tier four, you're probably looking at the ballpark of more like $95 to $100 copay for a 30-day supply. So that can make a big difference right there. However, the biggest concern for people that take high expensive medications such as insulins is these different stages of drug coverage. You probably have heard me talk about the donut hole before, the coverage gap. Well, they did away with the name donut hole. Now it's just called the coverage gap. And essentially what these different stages are is this. I mentioned the deductible stage. If a plan has a deductible, sometimes it only applies to tier medications that are three or higher. Sometimes it applies to all medications. It just depends on the plan. But if you have a deductible, it could be 200 a month, 300 a month. I think the cap this year is 435 a month. So that's the highest it can be. But if you're taking a $600 a month medication, you're going to blow through that deductible within your first month. 435 could be the highest it could potentially be. That's no small chunk of change for one medication, particularly insulins. Then you have what's known as the initial coverage stage after the deductible coverage stage. This is our second stage. The initial coverage stage basically means where you pay a copay, the insurance company pays the rest. So if it's a tier three, and the medication is $600 a month for the sake of example. 
you pay the $45 copay, $46, $47, whatever it is with that particular plan, and the insurance company picks up the rest. Doesn't sound too bad, right, in the scheme of things. But then there's the third stage, which used to be referred to as the donut hole. Now it's specifically and only referenced to as the coverage gap. The coverage gap basically, in a nutshell, means that once the total cost of your medications in a calendar year each equal a certain amount, and when I say the total costs of your medications, I mean what you pay as well as what the insurance company pays. So if a prescription is $600, then it includes your copay plus what the insurance company is paying out as well. Now that number in 2020 is $4,020 through the course of the year. So if you're taking high expensive insulins, it can, you can get there pretty quickly. It's the total cost. And once you reach this, um, this, this, this sector, if you will, this section, you enter what's known as the coverage gap. And, and the cost of your medications typically are going to go up. You end up paying a percentage of the medication costs percentage of the retail value that the pharmaceutical company and the pharmacy has negotiated with the insurance company. So you're not having a flat set copay anymore. You have a percentage, and this year it's 25% of any medication. 25% of a $1,000 medication, let's say, is $250 a month. There's a fourth and final stage called catastrophic coverage where you have to pay an absurd amount of money out of your pocket to, re- to get to. Um, in fact, to, to enter catastrophic coverage, trying to find the most up-to-date numbers for this year, I believe it's about $6,000 roughly. Um, but basically you have to hit about $6,000 out of your pocket in the course of the year, then your coverage is better than it ever was, but you still have copays. You can't pay more than 5% for any medication. And that is the stages of drug coverage. So this is why insulins have been terrorizing the Medicare industry for some time. So when you hear that they're planning on putting a cap on the amount of copay they can charge, you think, hooray, this is great. But there's a lot of unanswered questions. I'll give you both sides of this argument, the good, the the, the side side of the argument that says it's positive, the side of the argument that says that it's negative. And I'll give you my thoughts. I've taken a quick break. I'll be back with you in segment two, and we'll go over this in detail. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for sticking with me through that break. Now, let's get into this nitty gritty a little bit here with these insulin caps. What would it mean? Well, let me first talk about exactly what we don't know. Now, the way that the Medicare Part D drug coverage is is formatted 
is, like I mentioned, when you get into the coverage gap, it's based on the percentages of the cost of the medication. So how would that work with the coverage gap? If there's a $35 cap to it, would those prescriptions in and of itself be um, subject to exclusion of those rules and regulations and every other medication is not? Tough to say. I think that there's two sides of this argument. And it could potentially mean that the the structure of the Medicare prescription drug coverage program, the Part D program, um, is dramatically changed as a result of this. We just don't know enough yet. We'll see what exactly happens. But there's two sides of the argument. So the the, the, the positive side, of course, and is you know for for everybody that's on insulin, and you know even when I first heard about this, I thought it was a good thing. I was kind of excited about it, you know, because I've hated seeing clients of mine pay out huge amounts of money for their insulin. Some of them, we can help them find programs to assist them and things like that. But sometimes it's just not in the cards. There's a lot of X factors when it comes to these programs. And so I've, I've hated seeing people on insulin pay throughout the nose in these things. So I think from that aspect, obviously it's an attractive idea. But the day that this news broke, I went to lunch with my dad. As many of you know, if you've listened to me for some, for some time, I got into the insurance business in the insurance industry because my dad was a, a Medicare specialist, a pioneer, if you will, here in Utah for you know about 30 years, 25 years before I even got in to the business. And he's seen a lot. He, he, I learned a lot from him. And he's taught me a lot over the years. And one thing he brought up to me that I hadn't quite thought about yet, and I'm not sure exactly sure how I feel about it at this moment, but I do think it's a good point and something to at least be discussed, are two things. Number one, and this is one I've already thought about, of course, but could this potentially make the prices go up dramatically? Because the pharmaceutical companies are the, are the, the, the companies that determine how much these insulin prices are going to be, not the insurance companies. So if the insurance company has to provide someone for an insulin, 35 bucks a month, and they're paying out thousands of dollars in, in, you know, as a result, don't you think that could possibly make all of the prices inflate? It could be a similar thing to what Obamacare did. Unless you have a subsidy and you're on a marketplace or Obamacare plan, you're probably paying through the nose in premium. Because anytime you put everything out there in a, in a system to where there can't be health questions, there can't be discrimination, there can't be this, there can't be that. The, the difference is made up in terms of prices being raised. I'm not saying that that's, I'm not saying that we should be in a society or a system that excludes people or discriminates against people. I simply acknowledge that it's a complicated problem with a complicated answer and a complicated solution that I particularly don't have the answer to. And I'm not going to pretend like I do. But I am aware enough to be able to acknowledge that there is an issue and there's two sides of the issue. It's either, you know, you insurance companies discriminate against people, 
but everybody for the mass majority, 90 plus percent of people, their prices are much lower. And then on the flip side, the people don't get discriminated against. They're able to get something they probably deserve. But everybody's prices are higher. It's a complicated issue. Nobody's going to be particularly happy. And as I mentioned, I don't think it has necessarily a, a, a simple solution. So that's number one. Number two, and this is something that my, my dad brought up when we were going to lunch, and I, I hadn't thought about this at all, and I think it, it, there is some merit there. If it limits the, if it limits the, um, the, the, the profit that the pharmaceutical companies are able to make, what is their incentive to innovate? Do you think that Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg or any of these people that were influential people in our lifetimes that changed the world technologically speaking as we know it, do you think they would be as willing or motivated to innovate and push our race forward in as far as what technology we have available to us if the government came down and said, we're going to put a cap on how much you can make in terms of money. If you, if, if you hear any of these guys on interviews, they probably all you know downplay the importance of money, but they all have a lot of it, don't they? Sure, they 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 donate a lot to charity. They a lot of these guys do, you know. That's and that's and that's fine. But I believe that there are a lot of different working factors to determine exactly why they do what they do and why they have the desire to innovate. But I do believe the reward for them is at least a part of it. Would it would 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 you disagree? And for the pharmaceutical companies, like I said, this is a complicated issue and a complicated um, topic. I don't particularly know what the answer is. And I'm going to be completely upfront and transparent about that. But if the pharmaceutical companies that are designing these medications are told, hey, you, you're not going to be making, but, and, let, and let's say, you know, due to this, they're not allowed to charge what they normally charge, which I don't think that they should, but... If they're if they're, they're they're regulated in that aspect and put a cap on it, the 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 argument against it would be that they're not going to be as motivated to innovate, and we're not going to have new cures, medications, advancements in medicine going forward, and that's part of the idea of having a, a free market enterprise. If the market will pay somebody X amount of dollars for whatever it is they bring to the table, they should be allowed to charge that and make that. And that's kind of the idea behind a free market society. And that's one thing my dad brought up. He said that, and he brought up a, an instance that I'm sure a lot of our audience will probably remember. Um, Jimmy Carter put a cap on gas prices, I think, in the 1970s. And I looked it up and I read up on it a little bit after we had this conversation. And one thing that happened was there was a gas shortage as a result. There were some instances that you could not get gas. We could potentially see something similar with insulin. I don't particularly know. 
But there are definitely two sides of this this conversation. I do not, for any stretch of the imagination, believe that this is a simple snap my fingers, oh, this is going to be all better thing. I think that no matter what we do, no matter what side of the argument we swing to, there's going to be some kind of negativities that come along with this regardless. And it's just something interesting, something to think about. Would I like to live in a world where all my clients could get insulin for 35 bucks a month and there's no repercussions, the premiums don't spike and everything like that, and there's not potential shortages and whatever the case might be? Sure, I would. But I don't live in a fantasy world either, and these are real possibilities. They might not exactly be as big of a worry as I might be thinking at this very moment in time, reacting at this now I might look back on this with hindsight. Hindsight's 2020. And potentially, I may be in a position where I feel differently about this if they actually push through with it and it actually works out well. But these are things that we can look back on history with similarities, like the gas shortage in the 1970s for Jimmy President Jimmy Carter. And I do believe in a free market society. I think that that's that's part of having a free country. That's part of having a capitalist society. And I don't mean to get too political with any of you on this, but I think it's not coming from a place of trying to ram any, any political ideas down your throat. That's not my intention here, but it's just something to think about, thinking about this in a different way. Folks, I have to take one last break. Um... Before we go into segment three, I have some final thoughts on this topic I'd like to share with you. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for sticking with me all the way to the end. If you made it this far through this episode, I want you to know that I want people on insulin to pay less. I think sometimes things I say on here get completely mixed up and misinterpreted, and I can just see the the emails I'm going to get or the comments we're going to get, you know, um, being like, you, you, you don't want people on insulin to get a break. No, that's not it. All that I'm saying, all that I wanted to kind of get the message out there on was anytime you have a complex problem, and this is a very, very complex problem, in my opinion, it can't be solved with a simple solution. You can't solve a a complex issue with a simple solution. You just can't. It makes absolutely, positively zero sense. So it's just something to think about. Um, I don't, like I said at the beginning, I do not particularly know what the answer is. It'll be interesting to see how this develops and kind of how they handle it and what it looks like. 
but I thought it would be something that would be very good for us to today to have a conversation about. Folks, um, as always, I appreciate you taking some time with me today. And if you live in one of the 10 states that we're licensed to do business with, those states would be Utah, Idaho, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, California, Texas, Virginia, South Carolina, and Florida. Again, that's Utah, Idaho, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, California, Texas, Virginia, South Carolina, and Florida. And you need help with your Medicare plan. Maybe you're turning 65 and you're just confused on your options. Maybe you've been on Medicare for some time and you're just not sure if what you have is the best thing for you specifically, I'd love to talk with you. My organization works with all of the biggest insurance companies in the industry today. Our number is 801-255-5340, 801-255-5340, or if you're more comfortable shooting me an email, you're welcome to do that as well. My email address is christianb at xmission.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, B as in boy, at x like x-ray, Mission, M-I-S-S-I-O-N.com, ChristianBNXMission.com. Folks, thanks for being here with me on a Monday. Um, really enjoyed this show, and I can't wait to, for the one that we're going to be bringing you on Wednesday. We bring you an episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Until next time, have a great start to your week. Take care. <laughs>